Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to the camera ads 10 mother effing pounds. Okay, rewind. Welcome to the camera ads 10 pounds. That's the correct name of this show. I'm your host, Peter Sirs. What's up? Before we start, I've been doing a horrible job of this. I got to remind you, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at the Perfect Shaker. What is the Perfect Shaker? Well, they invented literally the Perfect Shaker Cup. And if you're into fitness, you know that shaker cups have really evolved over the last few years. Back in the day, you used to get a a shaker cup to mix your protein powder and it would end up clumpy and not very good. So what the perfect shaker or or even your pre-workout wouldn't mix very well. So what the perfect shaker did was invent the perfect shaker that would uh, mix up your protein powder or your pre-workout with a nice little metal contraption that breaks up the powder and whatnot and created the perfect shaker. And also, uh, the the perfect shaker cups now are made with recycled plastics, so it's uh, very good for the environment. And I I don't know the exact percentage, but every uh, shaker cup you buy, they donate, I want to say 10%, but that could be wrong. Um, to cleaning up the ocean so it's environmentally friendly as well Um, go to the perfectshaker.com or perfectshaker.com they also have wrist wrist straps wrist straps all your fitness accessories meal prep bags meal prep containers all of those things and it's also this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at bucked up supplements you guys i'm taking so many bucked up supplements now we are in hashtag summer body season, hashtag revenge body season, hashtag wake up fuck shit. You know how I roll, dude. Um, I take a lot of the supplements. All the supplements that I take are bucked up supplements. So uh, if you're trying to lose weight, gain muscle, improve your sports performance, they actually, I'll tell you this, as a marathon runner now, obviously, you guys know I run marathons, um, they actually have a new supplement called Full Bore full and b-o-r-e as in like just fucking go as hard as you can and uh i am honestly (laughs) i don't have the ingredients in front of me because i'm just doing the ad read but i can tell you that it's made for endurance athletes like myself um triathletes you know bikers whatever and uh, i have incorporated it on the days where i do my long runs and it's fucking amazing dude I, i i forget what's in it i know one of the things that's helped it's like a nitrous uh, NO2, I think, to boost to to improve your oxygen and your blood flow um, while you're doing these endurance events, and you just I just don't get tired as fast. Now I will say, uh, if they if they need if they can make up some kind of uh, supplement that also helps with my knees, <laughs> and then I'm fucking qualifying for Boston, dude, because I don't get tired when I'm running, you know, anything long, when I say long, for me, anything long is like more than six miles, you know, whether so whether whether it's an eight mile run, a 10 mile run, you know, I just did 14 miles in Vegas this weekend. And like, I felt great. What, 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 what was bothering me this weekend on my run in Vegas was just the fact that it was 100 degrees when I started running at eight o'clock in the fucking morning. And by the time I was done, it was like 105. But I don't get tired. So whatever is in full bore, I love it. I love all of their supplements. I take a bunch of them. If you have any questions, you can always DM me. You guys know this. But uh, go to buckedup.com. Enter the promo code 10. Oh, by the way, I forgot. Go to perfectshaker.com. Enter the promo code 10 pounds. The word 10, the word pounds. You'll save 15% off of your order. And if you go to buckedup.com, enter the promo code 10 pounds. The number 10, the word pounds. You will save 20% off your order. So I got good news. And I I've got bad news, you guys. Um, the good news is we have a podcast this week. The bad news is you're stuck with just me. And the reason being is uh, I've got some road shows and I just couldn't get into the studio in time. So you got to just listen to me. But that's okay. We've had some great guests over the last few weeks and we will continue to have great guests over the next few weeks. But for right now, it's just me. You're welcome or I'm sorry, depending on how you look at it. Um, I've been all over the place since we talked last, uh, you know, our guest last week, um, Ariana, Ariana Sanchez, that was a very fun interview. And then before that we had Olivia, um, who's going to be on my show. Um, if you're listening to this, it might've already passed, but, um, this Wednesday, actually I might drop this episode on Wednesday, depending on how things go. But, um, 
Yeah, so if you're listening to this on Wednesday, she's going to be at my show tonight at the Dream Lounge in Apple Valley, and uh, along with uh, my friend Travis Tapoche, who's been on the podcast, my buddy Paul Antonio, who used to be the producer of this podcast over at the Comedy Pop-Up Network, and also uh, Christina Leonard, who, I don't know if I said that already, she's been on the podcast as well. Um, at least once, um, but she's going to be on the show. It's going to be a fun show. Um, the last show that we had there was a great show that only four people saw. And if I'm being honest, it really upsets me. I know I've talked about this before, but it really bothers me that that I know people, a lot of people in the high desert, and very few of them have come to these shows. We've had some great shows. We've had some great turnouts. But a lot of it is just people that know about the show, that have seen the ads on Eventbrite or whatever. So, you know, it, it's very upsetting, but that's just how it goes, you guys. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. Just uh, not feeling the love from people, which is fine. It's totally fine. They don't give a shit about coming to support me. That's fine. But this is what's going to happen. And I've said it before. I'll say it a million times because it's going to fucking happen. I'm going to fucking blow up. Okay. I'm not saying I'm going to be the most famous comedian in the world, but I'm going to get some fucking, uh, I'm going to get some shit going on. And then I'm going to be a hot ticket. And then people are going to ask me for tickets. And the people that have been supporting me since day one, you know who you are, you guys, some of you guys are listening to the podcast, I'm going to say, hey, yes, I got you. You want to fucking come to the show? I got you. But then the other people, I'm going to tell them to go fuck themselves because they weren't supporting me when I needed it. I'm, I'm bringing comedy to the high desert, which there's nothing to fucking do in the high desert, number one, nothing. You do meth. That's why my dad got fucking, you know, back into meth when he lived up there. That's why the fucking cops, the fucking DEA came banging my grandma's door down when my dad lived with my grandma. No, that really happened. No, check this out. My dad, fucking no secret, was a meth addict. I've talked about it a million times. I've brought it up to some of my guests that I've had recently that were unaware of my upbringing. And... You know, when you're, I guess, I mean, guess when you do any drugs, you find just the most random fucking weirdo people to hang out with, you know, but when you do meth, like it really attracts a certain breed of person, not the highest quality of people, if you know what I mean. And, uh, so my dad would just bring home random fucking people like, you know, I, I, th I don't know if I've told a story on this podcast. I used to tell it on stage, but uh, my dad, there was this guy that lived in our neighborhood, JP. I think his name was John Paul. Um, actually, Eric, if you're listening, you can attest to this. My buddy Eric. Um, I think he lived, he lived like right across the street from my best friend Eric. Um, when Eric lived on like uh, Del Norte or El Morado, whatever the fuck that street was called. Um, and... This fucking dude was, I think he's the guy that got my dad into meth. Don't know how they met. You know, he was the guy that was around the neighborhood, lived with his fucking mother, you know, when he was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess he was in his 40s, which I guess doesn't make me very much of it because I'm living with my brother, but it's different. We had a pandemic and that shit fucked me up. But anyway, um, <laughs> this dude used to fucking show up and he'd be like, just, I don't know. Do you always just rub me the wrong way? Anyway, um... One day my car wasn't working, which is a lot actually. My fucking old Pontiac Grand Am. My 1988 Pontiac Grand Am that I got fucking suckered into buying because my dad thought he could negotiate at the car dealership, which in fact he couldn't and ended up with this fucking piece of shit car. Anyway, um, it broke down a, a bunch of times, but this one time it broke down and I couldn't afford to fix it. Like, they had told me that I needed, like, a new engine block or something. And it was, I don't know, $1,200 or I don't know. It was a lot of money to me back then. I mean, honestly, if, if you told me my engine was going to cost $1,200, that would be a lot of money to me now. <laughs> but it was definitely a lot of money to me back in those days. And 
my dad said, oh, I know a guy. Like, my dad always knew a guy, which sometimes he did. You know, we, we had a, this guy that they lived in our neighborhood. His name was Ruben, Ruben Navarro. And he would, he would say it like that. If he introduced himself, Ruben Navarro. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't even think he spoke Spanish. But it was one of those things where, like, when you live in a Mexican neighborhood, you have, like, a Mexican accent, but you don't actually speak Spanish, which I never understood. But anyway, um, <laughs> he somehow knew how to, like, drywall and like stucco and stuff i don't know how he learned i guess maybe he did that at some point as a job i'm sure like you know a lot of guys kind of get jobs helping out construction and in uh, you know of sorts and so he did like this like the, he, he he drywalled and like did like a little i don't i guess you call it stucco inside too but like the stucco on the outside is different than the stucco on the inside right and uh but he also said he was gonna do a sun uh, so like on one of our walls in the living room, he did like this, like kind of drywall stucco, like sun design. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, you know, my dad just knew a guy like that. And then I remember one time, same guy, actually, same guy, Ruben, uh, went to jail for a while. Don't remember what it was for. If I had to guess, probably domestic violence. I don't know, but I remember he had like a crazy, uh, Chola ex-girlfriend, but also she was his baby's mama. So she would come around and I just, God, I just, all these, I, I wasn't even ta planning on going into this, but I don't even know how I got to started to talking about it. But any, oh, I, I do know why. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I was talking about what is there to do in the high desert besides meth? Well, I don't know. But anyway, um, so my dad would just bring these people around. So, okay. So I'll tell the story about Ruben. Another story about Ruben. Ruben had just gotten out of jail and he felt indebted to my dad for some reason. I don't know why. Looking back now, my dad probably gave him drugs or gave him a good deal on the drugs or something. I don't I don't know. But I remember he got out of jail and he was like, you know, Big Pete, who was my dad. He's like, I learned how to do tattoos in, uh, in, in jail. Like, you want me to give you a tattoo? And my dad was like, yeah, I want a tattoo. So he's like, okay, let me go get my gun. So he goes and gets his tattoo gun. <laughs> He lives like right around the block from us. And he also lived with his mom, by the way. So there's a going pattern here. A lot of the guys in the neighborhood live with their moms, which, you know, full disclosure, if my mom still was alive, fuck, dude, I, I might save on rent, too. Plus, my mom was fucking awesome. But at least I would have a job. And a lot of these guys didn't have jobs, but whatever. Anyway, um, he came back with his, with his tattoo gun. And my dad <laughs> wanted to get like a my grandparents names on his chest with like a like two hands like in prayer with like a rosary around them like okay for those of you guys that don't know so my grad my dad grew up in east la so did my mom um el sereno as a matter of fact is where my dad grew up and my mom grew up in boyle heights okay are you following along both east la different parts of east la and uh, so my dad kind of adopted Chicano culture, you know, kind of thought he didn't think he was Mexican, but he, you know, he grew up around all Mexicans. So, you know, he had like a mustache and kind of like a goatee, like a Mexican person. And a lot of people, because of the way my dad talked, you know, he tried to speak in Spanglish, even though my dad was awful in Spanish. Um, he tried to like, hey, how you doing? You know you know like stuff like that and you're just like dude, you're not mexican dude like he was kind of like miklo from american me or blood in blood out which i can't remember which, which 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 one's which one of them has blood in blood out wherever fucking miklo's from anyway J there's jd no jd was blood in or was damn it now I'm, I'm fucking up my mexican prison movies american me and blood in and blood out one of them had jd one of them had miklo maybe miklo was in fucking American me. I don't remember and I don't have time to IMDB right now. Jamie looked that up for me. See if I was in studio, I could have Mark look it up, but we're not in studio today. So, um, so Ruben came and gave my, it was giving my dad this tattoo, right? And he's like, little Pete, which is me. What do you want a tattoo? And I was, I want to say I was like 19 at the time. And I kind of 
was like at that point I'm like I think I might want a tattoo you know I might not have even have been 19 yet I might have been 18 but I feel like I was 19 because I feel like Star Wars Phantom Menace had just come out so I had just turned 19 because Phantom Menace came out like May of of 1999 is that right I think so or 98 2001 2004 I can't IMDB but it was whenever Phantom maybe no I think Phantom Menace came out Phantom Menace definitely came out in 99 okay I, I, I'm not cross-referencing this so if you're listening right now go on IMDB or Google and just Google when did Phantom Menace come out and this is off the top of my head but I'm pretty sure it came out in 1999 so yeah I guess I would have been 19 maybe almost 20 so this is kind of when all the shit started happening with my dad and he was using the drugs and we didn't know it at the time. But anyway, continuing the story, my Ruben started giving my dad this tattoo and he was, but okay. So he asked me if I wanted a tattoo. He said he could draw anything and seeing, you know, some of the work that he did on the house, I, I did see that he had some artistic ability. So I was like, I kind of want a Boba Fett tattoo. <laughs> Like, I showed him a picture of Boba Fett, and I was like, can you do that? And he was like, yeah. And I was kind of going to get it, like, on the back of my calf, or I think that's where I was going to get it. Or maybe, like, on the side of my leg, like, on the right side of my calf, on the right calf, you know. But he said he could do it, so I was like, okay. So he's giving my dad this tattoo, and, you know, so far, so good. And then mid-tattoo, the needle on the tattoo gun breaks. Like it just it's just done, you know, like it run or runs out, I guess. Oh, man. You know, and at that time, it's, you know, it's late at night, so he can't go get another tattoo needle. And as now that I'm thinking about it, where the fuck do you even get tattoo needles? Like, is there like a tattoo needle store? Like, where the fuck? You can't go to Home Depot and get a tattoo. Where do you get that stuff? He obviously knew where to get it. But anyway, it was after closing hours. And, you know, I guess tattoos are painful. I don't know because I still don't have a tattoo to this day. Uh, But you'll hear why I never got this tattoo. So we are... uh, The the tattoo gun breaks. And then he looks over. He's like, oh, I can't go to... I can't get a replacement. It's too late, you know. My dad's like, oh, he's like, I can finish it if you want. But then he looks in my room and in my room forever. And I still have it to this day. This... I had this guitar that my grandmother got me for my ninth birthday I want to say it was right my ninth birthday I got my one of my grandmas got me a Nintendo and my other grandma got me a fucking guitar pretty sure that was my ninth birthday I'm pretty sure so was it my ninth birthday yeah it had to be right maybe my fourth grade birthday I don't remember to be honest either I was either nine or ten it's irrelevant to the story but I got what's relevant is that I got this guitar and I never learned how to fucking play it and I always told myself I was going to learn how to play it every once in a while like and this is before you could just go on YouTube and learn how to play the play the guitar you can go on YouTube now and fucking learn how to do anything I learned how to edit fucking podcasts on YouTube anyway I've said anyway like ten times today I'm just trying to continue the story I'm sorry he sees that I have a guitar, and he says, I, Little Pete, I could use your guitar string to finish this this tattoo. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I just need the needle. Can I use one of your needles? He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm not playing the guitar. Go ahead, you know. So he grabs one of my guitar needles. He figures out which one he needs. And then he puts the guitar needle in the fucking tattoo gun. And he begins to finish my dad's tattoo. And now, all of the fucking part of the tattoo that he is doing with this tattoo gun on my dad is starting to bleed and like like there's always a little blood on a tattoo like you know but this is like I'm like whoa that looks fucking painful and my dad takes like a couple like shots of whatever the fuck he was drinking and I'm like yeah you know what I'm good on the tattoo man I'm, I'm good on the, the Boba Fett tattoo I, I think I, I just I'm no it's not what I want my first tattoo experience to be like and then I never got a Boba Fett. I never got a Boba Fett tattoo. And then I never, after that, got a tattoo, period. So, you know, lifesaver, I guess. You know, everything happens for a reason. But the point being is my dad would have fucking random friends like that. So now, 
now that I'm telling this story. This is a good story. Back to JP. So JP was this fucking tweaker that my dad met in the neighborhood somewhere. And my car was broken. It wasn't working. He's like, I have a guy that can come over here and fix your car. So I'm like, I mean, whatever, dude. I just need my car fixed, and I know I can't afford to fix it. And my parents didn't really have money, so they couldn't help me fix it either. So we... Uh, we, we wait for this guy to come and here comes JP to the house to fix my car now first red flag the dude's name is fucking JP I don't care who you are if you know a guy in your life and he goes by JP probably a fucking shady person 100% I've never met a fucking successful person anybody doing anything remotely you know good with their lives that was named JP do you guys I don't I don't remember I don't recall anybody named JP okay um, this fucking dude rolls up to our house a on a bicycle okay so second red flag I'm thinking to myself if this guy is such a good mechanic yeah why the fuck's he rolling up on a bicycle dude can he fix a car like, if he's so good with cars, you would think he could just get a piece of shit car and fix it, right? He's showing up on a fucking bicycle. Get the fuck out of here. Third red flag, this motherfucker's barefoot. Yeah. So let's just let's just revisit the red flags, okay? And keep in mind, like I said, I'm 19 at this point. Somewhere around there. I don't know shit about cars. Guess what? Still don't know shit about cars. I could change a flat tire. That's about it. So, we go, and he's, like I said, in my mind, his fucking, he goes by JP, fucking red flag number one, he shows up to fix my car on a bicycle, there's not a, there's not a good, reputable mechanic in the world that shows up on a bicycle, even if they're a fucking loser, okay, if they're a really good mechanic, they probably have some fucking car that's, either stolen or there's no tags on it or something that someone just left and they could fix up that they drive around and then the police fucking impound it or you know what I mean like there's that but also you don't got any shoes now I don't know about you but if I go anywhere to get my car fixed and the motherfuckers running around barefoot probably not a quality mechanic do you know what I'm saying so those are the kind of people my dad would hang out with those are the kind of people that hang out in the high desert and this goes me back, takes me back to the story that I was start, starting to say. Man, I'm such a good storyteller because there's so many layers to this. So, back when my dad lived in the high desert, okay, he he. When my mom died, my dad got a bunch. Of, we all got money when my mom died, but my dad got the most, which kind of pissed me off because my dad was a fucking asshole to us and also to my mom don't know why my mom opted to leave my dad more money than my brothers and I I don't care about the money I'd rather have my mom any day of the week still to this day but it's still kind of puzzling why my mom chose to leave him more like basically she left my dad half of her like the inheritance and then my brothers split amongst the three of us the other half I don't like that <laughs> anyway, um, when my dad, when my mom died, my dad got a bunch of money and, you know, fucking started living this glamorous lifestyle, you know, had a, got a, rented a house in Rancho Cucamonga. And I had told my dad at the time, hey, this money's going to run out. You should probably. So my dad, I'm sure I've told this part of the story on the podcast before. My dad used to work at the post office. So he had a really good job, you know, government benefits, retirement, fucking all that stuff, right? But he was missing a lot of work, calling in sick a lot, and just really abusing, you know, all of the sick leave and uh, what's it called? Uh, absent AWOL, like absent without pay or without leave or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Like, basically, like, you have, like... You can take the day off of work, but you're not getting paid. Whatever the fuck that's called. Well, I feel like it's called AWOL, but now I feel like AWOL is when you leave the fucking... When you're in the army and you're in battle and you fucking disappear. I don't know, dude. But 
Uh, my dad abused all of it. So they basically forced my dad into retirement. They made him take a disability retirement because he did end up having back issues. But because he abused all the rest of his privileges, they didn't want to help him. So he got like this forced disability retirement. So he was getting money from that. Then my mom died. So he got money from that. And he was getting Social Security. So my dad kind of had it made for a while. And if you're on drugs, the worst fucking thing is for the government or anybody for that matter to give you free money you know so my dad was just using that money on drugs living this lavish lifestyle he had this fucking crack whore that he had met that he brought around and i had told my dad hey man like this money's gonna run out you need to figure out a way to like you know go back to school go to devry or something like learn a trade learn to get a job with like computers or just something that like you don't have to do like manual physical labor because you can't because of your back and then that way you'll still have money coming in and you can afford you know to help take care of my brothers and whatever like there was there was a while where you know i don't know if i ever told anybody this but my dad was so fucking off his rocker with drugs and everything i kind of wanted to take him to court and get custody of my brothers because i just didn't want my brothers around that shit my brothers were still, you know, in like junior high and high school. And it's like they didn't need that shit in their lives, you know. And I really wanted to, but I just didn't have the heart to fucking take my dad to court. So it's kind of why, you know, you can ask my brothers. Like I was I was really, I, I, was, I was always around for them, you know. I would always take them to do cool shit. And, you know, even though I'm a shitty big brother now, I was pretty good big brother as they, was, as they were growing up. So I, I can always say I'm proud of that. Uh, and I just say I'm a shitty big brother because I'm a shitty everything now. You know, I'm a, I'm a shitty friend. I'm a shitty boyfriend. I'm a shitty godfather. I'm a shitty fucking, you know, anything that I am, I'm shitty at because I've devoted my life to fucking trying to make it in this comedy business, man. And it's fucking hard. Like, you have to make so many sacrifices. I've, I've talked about it on here. But anyway, reason I'm talking about this, all of this stuff my dad had a lot of shady people in his life. So at one point, my dad ran out of money, obviously. Moved in with my grandparents. They lived in Hesperia, which is how my family ended up in Hesperia. My grandparents had bought a house when they retired in Hesperia. And my dad ran out of money. You know, He was still getting Social Security and disability. But he ran out of like the money that my mom had left him. And so he couldn't afford rent. So he went to go live with my grandparents, him and my brothers. And then when my grand when my grandfather died, my dad went to uh, basically my grandmother. Well, actually, my dad when my grandfather died, my grandma wanted to sell her house because uh, she didn't want to live in the house that uh, my grand my my grandfather died in that house. He died of cancer, um, pancreatic cancer, I think. Um, it was actually really sad to watch my grandfather die. You know, I was actually the thing in my life as I look back, you know, you know, COVID taught me this, but I think I learned this at a young age from losing my mom. You know, I always valued the people in my life. That's why, you know, like I say, I say I'm a, I'm a shitty brother and shitty friend and all those things. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I've kind of made up for it because now I'm at the point in my career where I don't have to fucking do every shitty show that gets offered to me. And honestly, I don't even ask to do, you know, certain shows anymore. Like, I don't do shows just for the sake of doing shows anymore. Whereas before I would do every show and miss everything and, you know, not make a lot of money because of that and whatever. And so now I'm at the point where it's like, I know where I I am comedy-wise. I know what I have to do. And, you know, I can kind of be a little bit more selective, but I still got to get myself out there. So I do still miss a lot of stuff. Anybody that knows me knows that if you want me to be somewhere, you better fucking tell me months in advance so I don't book a gig. Because most a lot of the times we get booked, you know, months in, in advance. So um, moral of the story, my grandmother didn't want to live in the house that my grandfather died in. So she sold the house and then got herself like a, a nice mobile home up in Apple Valley. I think Apple Valley. And then my dad got started renting his own mobile home, ironically, in the same park where my grandmother lived. So he was going around there. So the cops one time, my brothers were there, too. They fucking broke, you know, broke the doors down because they knew my dad was fucking dealing and probably, you know, separating. I don't I don't I don't even know 
I never saw any of this shit. I just, you know, my brothers would tell me what, what was going on. And again, like, I wish I could have fucking taken them. And there was a moment there where they were going to fucking put them away with Child Protective Services. And we did take my brother and Travis for like a second. But anyway, um, my dad ran out of money again, ended up living with my grandma in the mobile home that she was already living in. My brothers were living there, too. And he brought some fucking crack whore over. You know, they, I don't know where they meet all these people. I say crack whore. She was a meth tweaker. To me, crack and meth are kind of the same. You know, fucking dirty ass fucking white people. Dirty ass Mexican people. It's a dirty fucking drug, dude. You want to do a glamorous drug, do cocaine or molly or fucking nowadays, you know, you know, that's it. Those are the only like designer drugs, I feel like. Mushrooms is more of like a common man drug you know my buddy matt edgar says that the poor man's vacation <laughs> it's so true but anyway um he had some crack whore at my grandmother's house and then the fucking dea the cops come fucking break down my grandmother's door my grandma's house dude they come looking for my dad at my grandma's house and this fucking crack whore who doesn't want to get arrested runs into my grandma. My grandma's old, dude. She's in her 70s at this point. Not in the best health. You know, she's not, like, dying, but, like, she's not in great health. She's in her 70s, dude. And she gets into bed with her. Doesn't even, hardly knows my grandma, but doesn't want to get arrested. And it's just, like, that's the fucking kind of trash people that come around when you're doing fucking meth dude okay so all of this full circle comes <laughs> when i talk about that's all you do and that's all there is to really do in the high desert dude you fucking do drugs and you hang out with fucking shady ass people and you that's it maybe you go fishing during the day or you fucking ride your atv like there's not a lot of options you know so when people don't come to a fucking bomb-ass comedy show that I put on, it fucking pisses me off. What are you doing? Sitting at home watching fucking TV? You can fucking watch that shit afterwards. I got a lot of family in the high desert that have never come to one fucking single show. And I've done hundreds of shows in the high desert. Not just my shows, but other people's shows. Not one. My cousin Sean has come, you know, a few times, you know. But other than that... None of my cousins or step-cousins fucking come. I have a lot of fucking people that I used to go to high school with. Nobody fucking comes. You know, my friend Andrea comes a lot of times. She's been to all the, almost all the shows that we have at the Dream Lounge. She lives there. She's, like, the only one. And there's been a couple people from, like, yeah, like, it's we, we've built a really good show. But it's a lot of people that I don't know. And on top of that... Um, the last show did not go very well, so hopefully people come to this show because I don't know how much more, I don't know how much longer we're gonna do it for a number of reasons that I can't disclose right now. If you know, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully this is a good one. You know. So anyway, um, over the last couple weeks, God, man, where was I two weeks ago? My my schedule just kind of fucking. I can't even remember where I was. So I was in Austin a few weeks ago, which was fucking awesome. I love Austin. As you guys may or may not know, I've been considering moving there. And uh, between me and you and whoever's listening, I'll make the announcement here. I'm fucking moving to Austin. I said it. I've been, I've been, I've been tinkering with it. I've been thinking about it. I was thinking about it when I was in Oklahoma. I'm moving to Austin, and you guys heard it here first. I kind of have a timeline as to when I'm doing it, but there's a number of reasons I'm moving there. Um, number one, the comedy scene there is just fucking... I talked about it on the podcast uh, with Trevor a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks. I guess that was more than a couple weeks ago, but um, just... I can't describe it, you guys. When I was there... You know, I did six shows in one weekend. One of the nights I had four shows in one night. Um, all the comedy clubs downtown are within walking distance. So there's like five comedy clubs within walking distance. There's a comedy boom happening because Rogan has opened his club there and has created this environment where comics can just fucking thrive and work on being the best stand-up comics they can be. 
no fucking worrying about the industry or getting on a TV show and all these different things. Like, here's the thing, you guys. Between me and you, I would love to be on, you know, fucking, like, you, everyone knows I would love to be in a superhero movie, fucking Marvel, DC, whatever, dude. I would fucking kill for that. I fucking work my ass off so that when I get that role, I could fucking get even more jacked than I already am and just be like, let's fucking go, dude. When Kumail Nunjani got the fucking role in The Eternals, everyone on the internet made a big deal because he went from being a fucking dorky, you know, flabby fucking nerdy comic to this fucking dude that was on fucking steroids. And everybody was talking shit, right? Like, oh my God, he sold out, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? If Petey gets one of those roles, he ain't selling out because you guys know I've been fucking working out, getting ready for this role this whole fucking time, dude. I, I, I mean, I work out, obviously, to look good, to feel good. Nothing makes me happier than when someone finds out how old I am and they're like, wait, what? You're 44? Because I tell you what, dude, when fucking my dad was 44, he did not look like me. He had a beer belly, which was odd because he kind of had stopped drinking beer already once he started doing the meth. It's funny how that happens. You trade one addiction for the other. Kind of like me. (laughs) I mean, I don't really have... My addictions are a lot healthier. Although, one could argue comedy is not the healthiest addiction, but it's definitely something that keeps me going, you know? Something to look forward to. Um, But what was my point? I just, I love when people find out how old I am and, you know, they're like, wow, you look great. And it's like, yeah, dude, I know. So yes, would I fucking want to be in a Marvel movie? 100%. DC movie, 100%. You know, Marvel show, 100%. DC show, even though most of them are about to be off the air, you know, Flash just ended. So sad for me. But also, I think they still have... Superman and Lois or Clark and Lois or maybe that one ended too for a minute there there were like fucking six seven DC shows I know that HBO Max is doing a show but I forget what that one is I think that one's like uh oh a peacemaker definitely they're bringing back but well there's another one anyway I don't remember but my point being I would love to be in one of those fucking Star Wars you know put me in the fucking Mandalorian put me in Obi-Wan although I don't know if they're I don't think they're gonna have any more Obi-Wans I don't know put me in fucking Mace Wandu's fucking show put me in like fucking uh, you know Ashoka fucking put put me in any of those dude like right that's her name right Ashoka is that is that right Rosario Dawson isn't that her name sorry um I would love to be in something like that you know even like you know, I've been, I've been, I've been watching. Uh, I've been, I've been to the movies a couple of times recently. What else did I see? I saw. I mean, I saw Indiana Jones. That was really cool. Um, fucking just that shit takes me back to like being a kid and my mom taking me to see Indiana Jones on my fifth birthday at the Chinese theater, which was the nicest theater that you could go to back in those days. And I remember she had bought me uh, my first uh, fitted Dodger hat just like the players wear, you know, and then I lost it on my birthday, and it was like, we were just waiting in line for a long time, and I just, I don't know, I just put it down for some reason, and then I remember, like, after, she's like, oh, no, you lost your hat, where's your hat, mijo, and I lost it, but she bought me another one, and my mom, like, my mom was the best, you guys, and, you know, I know I talk a lot of shit about my dad, because he, you know, he made some really bad decisions, I don't think my dad was a horrible person, I think that, my dad was kind of just a victim of not making the right decisions which is uh one reason why i just refuse to settle for a life of you know having just some job you know even though it's quote unquote a good job and a steady job i will fucking suffer and tooth and nail claw until the day I die. That's why, if any of you guys are listening that have my merch, I've got hoodies. I've got, well, I haven't made the hats yet, but 
I've got the hoodies and now I have t-shirts with my logo that is get laughs or die trying because that's it dude I'm, I'm not comedy is not a hobby I mean you guys know this but like I'm in it dude I don't have a backup plan <laughs> there is no backup plan because backup plans set you up for failure backup plans is like hey if this doesn't work out this is what I'm gonna do however going back to Austin you see how I do this um, Joe Rogan has created this comedy colony this artist colony for comedians where we can go into the clubs and there's so many clubs and I've been on a bunch of shows in Austin over the last few years there's some good comics in Austin but I am just as good if not better than most of the comics there minus the people that are famous and ahead of me which there are a few of those people that have moved to Austin and it's just this amazing environment where we can fucking just flourish and get better at comedy and not worry about the industry even though now that so many comics are going over there industry is still going over there you know if you guys remember when I was in Oklahoma I was still auditioning for projects I did a commercial I was auditioning for things I auditioned for Walking Dead which they film out in or well, they filmed in Austin the the fear of the Walking Dead I don't know if they still film it in Austin but for a while they were Walker Texas Ranger like I don't know Supernatural used to film in Austin um, there's stuff that films there and there's stuff that films in Oklahoma you know I've I've talked about this book before it's been a while but killers of the flower moon was a book that I read when I was in Oklahoma that's all about the basically the formation of the uh, of the FBI and why they even created the FBI in the first place and it was this whole conspiracy to steal money and land from the Native American Osage tribe that had it's a long story but anyway there's gonna be a movie that comes out of that they made they were filming a movie in Oklahoma when I was there um, it's directed by Martin Scorsese fucking Leonardo DiCaprio is in it it's it's a fucking true story it's gonna fucking blow your mind the shady shit like like how awful it was I'm gonna summarize it really quick because I want you guys to go see the movie when it comes out because I can't fucking wait to see it but basically the Osage uh, native tribe was originally in Kansas I want to say and you know they were they were natives so you know they were hunting buffalo you know growing vegetation fruits vegetables you know they, they were in the plains but they you know the grass was plentiful they were able to grow things and trade and they were flourishing and then the government came and said hey we're taking your land because that's what they fucking did back then and they said but because we're taking your land we're gonna we have this other land that we have picked out for you over here in Oklahoma so they relocated him to this shitty fucking land space in Oklahoma well lo and behold the land that they moved them to come to find out was buried there was oil buried underneath so they struck oil so all these natives now Osage tribe now they're all fucking millionaires. This is like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Now they're all, yeah, early 1900s. They're all fucking millionaires now because they live on oil reserves. And the government didn't deem them as citizens. This is going to be a long way. I'm sorry. And uh, basically didn't allow them to use, like they basically, each of them got handled, uh, got assigned like a handler to manage their finances because because they were natives they didn't they weren't considered full human beings they didn't have full rights as like american citizens they were thought of as like too dumb to be able to handle all their money so they were all given handlers and lo and behold all these guys started conspiring and marrying some of the women in the tribe or some of the women in the tribe were marrying men in the tribe and all these natives started randomly popping up dead in mysterious ways somebody would drown somebody's house would burn somebody would die of like some kind of you know gas leak somebody would get shot and left and buried like it was all this fucking shit and all these guys 
were inheriting, you know, all these millions of dollars from the Indian tribes. So everybody was in on it, including, you know, law enforcement. So that's where the government got involved. And that's why they created the FBI, because they knew that the cops couldn't be trusted. Shocker to fucking investigate their own. So they created a new task force, the Federal Bureau of of Investigation. And that's why the FBI was created and then they came to find out that it was a conspiracy and there were people conspiring to murder these people and take rob their money it's a fascinating story so anyway it's called killers of the flower moon like I said I'm not sure when it comes out probably around Christmas time I think because I know they're done they were filming it when I was there Um, but point being there's a lot of stuff that is filming in Austin and Oklahoma and, and Marvel even has a studio or not Marvel Netflix has a studio out in New Mexico where they film stuff. Uh, Marvel has a studio in Atlanta. They have one in North Carolina, which is not close to Austin. But the point is, the industry is moving from L.A. And for good reason, L.A.'s gone to fucking shit, you guys. You know, I've been here for the last almost two years now since I came back, busting my ass, you know, trying to find a place. And the rent has gone up so much. And then shit that's in my budget is just fucking shitholes, dude. Like, I'm talking studios with fucking... Like, I went and saw... I don't know if I told you guys, but there was an apartment that I saw, like, in the valley that was within my budget, and it was nice on the, you know, pictures and whatnot. I show up, and there's fucking dead roaches in the apartment. I'm like, fuck off, dude. Then I went and saw another place. Again, nice place, shitty neighborhood, and I'm just like... I'm thinking about it, and it's like... I'm trying to convince myself, like, I was looking at places downtown even, because they were a little bit more within my budget, and I fucking hate downtown, and so that's part of the reason why I've been living with my brother this whole time, because, like, I don't want to fucking barely be able to afford rent and not even enjoy the place that I live in, and in Austin, I can get a fucking beautiful place, you know, 600, 700 square feet for a fraction of what rent costs here and oh yeah with a fucking gym in the apartment complex with a pool with a fucking you know with crazy you know car wash and like all these different amenities and you know I mean ultimately I could maybe buy a house you know and if all I want to do is be a working comic you know I was talking to some of the comics the last time I was in Austin hey like what do you do for work, you know, like during the day or whatever. And there were multiple comics that, you know, nothing against them, but I'm funnier than them. And they're like, oh, I just do comedy. I make all my money from comedy. There's a lot of money to be made here, you know, with all the shows that are going on. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking moving here. And the last time I was there, like I said, I don't know. I don't remember if I did a podcast, but I just had so much fun, you know, going around. There's so much great food in Austin it's the live music capital so like you walk up and down 6th street there's fucking there's all the comedy clubs there's you know live music everywhere you know it's just I had the best weekend that I've had in a really long time and I was by myself I mean I went with my friends you know I went with my friend Rachel and Matt it's opening for my buddy Rachel and, uh, but, you know, they, they kind of went off and, you know, were doing things and I just kind of wanted to get a, you know, just a real feel of what life would be like if I moved there. Cause I was considering moving there. If you guys remember, you know, right after Ashton and I broke up, God, and, you know, I wanted to make sure I was in my right fucking mind before I made the decision to move out there, you know, and, you know, I gave it some time. I gave it a few months. And now that I've been back, it's like, yeah, dude, I'm fucking, that's, that's what I need. That's where I need to be. It's calling me. Like I said, when I was living in Oklahoma, it was calling me then, but I was also homesick and I wanted to make sure I came home, you know, before I moved to Austin. Cause I, you know, I wanted to be with my family and, you know, I've, I've gotten to spend the last, you know, almost two years with my family and, you know, I, I'll cherish that, you know getting to bond with my nephews and, you know, spending time with my brothers and, you know, especially coming out of COVID, like really, you know, was what was important to me is just spending time 
with family and friends. I've talked about it here, and, and I, I feel like I've done a good job of that over the last couple years, and I'll continue to do that. Um, but there's just something about Austin, like the energy and how I felt, and like I hadn't felt that alive, you guys, in a really long fucking time. You know, there's beautiful women everywhere. There's a big fitness community, which I'm sure I'll, I'll get to be a part of, and there's just just so many things and it's just like it's it's a lot of the good parts of LA without the bad you know like like I'm telling you guys LA has gone to shit I love LA I've lived here for fucking what 25 26 years dude like I mean I've, I've lived in LA you know I, I lived in LA LA until I was in first grade and then we moved out to Ontario so from you know from the age of seven through what the age of 21 i lived in the inland empire somewhere and then i moved out to no, i guess 22 is when i moved back out to la so you know 27 28 years i've lived in la and i love it dude i have so much pride you know some of my favorite things you know dodger games and all that stuff are in la but you know, I, I'm holding on to what L.A. used to be, and it's just not that anymore. And, you know, some of the clubs don't fuck with me. You know, I performed at all the clubs, but I'm not getting up regularly. And it's just like, you know, a lot of wise people say, you know, it's just like sometimes you need a change of scenery. Sometimes you need to not keep doing the same thing and then we really grow. And it's like, you know what, man, I've already proven to myself that I could... I, I was thriving in Oklahoma, dude. As much as I hated it, like, I made a life there. You know, I started in a place where I knew hardly anybody. I, mean, I knew Ashton and her family, but, you know, I made friends there. I made friends at the gym that I worked at. I made jet friends when I was at the fucking furniture store. Like, I was making friends in the comedy scene. Like, you know, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. I couldn't grow artistically there, which is why I came back to L.A., but Austin is a different thing. I can grow artistically there, just like when I was in Oklahoma. It's centrally located. You know, I can drive to gigs more so than I can from California. And for the gigs that I can't drive to, the airport is right there. It's a huge international airport that I can fucking fly anywhere to. Like, there's so many positives about going to Austin, but the comedy is what's fucking, you know, is, is what's drawing me there. And like I said, you know, when I was there that weekend, you know, I hadn't felt that alive in a long, a long fucking time, dude. I had the best time, met some girls, like, it was just great. And I want to be a part of that. So I've, I've made the decision. I'm gonna move there. I, I have a timeline in mind, but there's just some variables that are a little out of my control. I'm trying to do my best to get there by the second or third week of August um, but it may end up being pushed back a little bit I have a lot of road gigs coming up so it's going to be hard for me to kind of finish all the things that I need to finish here while also doing all my road gigs and stuff like it's just it's just a non-stop grind and you guys you know some of you guys get it but um, yeah you guys have heard it first I'm not I'm kind of undecided as to whether I'm going to make a big deal about it or not. Like, you know, make a full-on social media announcement and whatnot. But I, I'm just really excited. I really think I'm going to thrive. I mean, I was I already thrived there in just a weekend. Um, the comics are, are nicer, you know, more welcoming. Um, granted, I'm better than a lot of them, and I have a little bit more street cred than some of them because I work the road so much and whatever so there's already like a respect factor uh, a respect factor that I kind of don't necessarily get in LA because I'm not famous um, even though I'm just as funny as a lot of the comics in LA I just I just think it's a better environment it's uh, it's better uh, quality of living you know there's a lot more real people just friendly nice people that aren't fucking just trying to use I mean, there's so many things but at the end of the day like i said i just i felt so alive being there a few weeks ago and i'm actually going back this weekend um i'll be there this friday through sat really like friday through sunday july 14th through 16th um i'll be doing some shows while i'm out there 
but also I'm going out there to narrow down my apartment search. There's, I looked at a few places already my last couple of visits, but there's a few more places that I popped up because Instagram fucking stalks you. Um, so I'm going to look at a few more places when I'm out there and I'm going to make my decision and hopefully, like I said, be out there by the second week of August or by the third week of August. Worst case, um, I have, uh, I have a gig in Tucson the first weekend of September, Labor Day weekend. So I go to Tucson and then I go to San Diego, like the day after and then I go to uh, this little town in Arizona called Pine Top which is like east of Phoenix a little bit and uh, I think that if, if I'm not in Austin by then uh, that'll be like kind of I'll just leave for my Tucson gig and then just keep driving my car out to Austin and I'll be there by the first week of September like that's the timeline I have I'm very excited do me a favor, if you're listening to this, don't tell anybody other than if you know me personally, you can we can talk about it. Chances are, if you know me personally, I've probably already told you, but for those of you guys that don't know me personally, I'm moving to Austin. LA is always going to be here. You know, my family is always going to be here. I'll, I'm going to come, I'm, I'll be, I already know I'm going to be back here in October because I have some stuff going on. Um, and this will probably be like, you know, basically when Ashton and I were together, (laughs) um, you know, I always kind of had, and I thought we kind of had this plan. Ashton's my ex-girlfriend. If those of you guys are new here, (laughs) maybe, uh, we were together for seven years. We broke up a few months ago. It's very painful. Um, still a little painful. I'm not going to, I mean, anytime you spend seven years with someone, it's going to take you a while to like completely be over it. And you know what? I may never be over it, but I'm doing my best to move on. But, you know, she and I had always talked about having a place in Oklahoma because obviously you can buy a lot more land and a lot more house in Oklahoma. And ultimately, I always knew that she'd be happiest in Oklahoma, which is why, (laughs) lo and behold, and obviously she is still in Oklahoma because I was precisely right. But my compromise was going to be, I, you know, I wanted to let her stay in Oklahoma, but also, you know, have a place here, you know, a small place here, or maybe build, you know, a small place on my brother's property or something like this would always be home. And maybe it just was home part of the time where Oklahoma was home more of the time, except the winter, because fuck the winter. Um, but you know, since I'm moving to Austin, maybe that'll be what I do for Austin. Maybe I get a house outside of Austin somewhere and then keep a place here with my brother or something. Um, I don't know. We'll see, but I know I'm going to Austin. Um, you guys heard it here first. It'll be a few weeks, but that's what's happening. So, um, with that being said, I was going to kind of update you guys on my last couple weekends, but I think we talked about a lot of stuff here. Um, so, yeah, um, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm going to be in Austin this weekend, Friday, July 14th through July 16th, Friday through Sunday. Hopefully we can get up at the mothership while we're there. Um, that's Joe Rogan's new club. But if not, I'll have gigs at four other clubs while I'm there. So, you know, um, but that is my goal is to go to Austin and eventually get in at the mothership because I know I'm good enough so stay tuned for that um but also and and stay tuned for you know getting to know some of our friends in Austin that we already have made but they'll be coming on the podcast once I get out there and that'll be really exciting for me um I already have friends that are out there I have a couple friends that are also moving out there um I'm not gonna share that here but yeah there's more than it's not just me moving out there so I'll have a I'll have a center, uh, what's, what's, uh, I'll have a, a home base there, I'll have a, a family there, and then my best friend is only, you know, a short drive away, so I could always go visit him and his family, or come, he can come visit me, yeah, you gotta come to fucking Austin too, asshole, um, anyway, um, I guess that's it, yeah, I'll be in Austin this weekend, Friday through Sunday, and then next weekend, I'm gonna be at Medford, uh, it's called... 
Chadwick's in Medford, I think is the name. I'm sorry if I'm not getting that right, but I think that's what it's called. Um, that's next Friday and Saturday, July 21st and 22nd. And then the following week, I'll be at Good Times Lethbridge, which is in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. I got, I was there, what, like a year and a half ago in the winter. So it will be interesting to see what it's like in the summer. I'm guessing it's hot as fuck because it's kind of in the middle of Canada. So uh, that's where I'll be uh, Saturday, Friday and Saturday. It's the 27th, no, 28th and 29th. So that's where I'll be for the next three weeks. Like I said, this is why um, <laughs> it's hard to schedule podcasts because I got so much going on. And this is why my move to Austin might be delayed a tad. Uh, that and a couple other things. But I just have too many gigs coming up. I know it's a good problem to have. I've been busting my fucking ass and we're doing it, man. So uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. I shared my stories. I shared a lot of stories today. Um, like I said, don't go telling everyone I'm moving to Austin, but whatever. I don't fucking care, dude. I'm just not going to make a big deal about it. It's a career move, and I think it's going to be a great one. So you heard it here first. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget, if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Leave a review on Spotify. Like the podcast. Share it. It really helps me with the algorithm. I don't need to explain algorithms to you guys anymore. You get it. But also, um, I just really appreciate everybody that listens. So uh, thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.